Beyond the Mic with Sean Dillon. We're joined on the star line by a clinical assistant professor of law, co-director of the Center on Wrongful Conviction of Youth at Northwestern's Pritzker School of Law in Chicago. Your clients have been profiled in the Netflix global series, Making a Murderer. We're joined by Laura Nyrider. Good morning. It's great to be here. Let's go beyond the mic. How did you first discover your passion of justice? Oh, it's a story that actually has everything to do with my Brendan Gatsby, whose story was told in Making a Murderer. You know, about 13 years ago, I was a law student at Northwestern University in Chicago. I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life and signed up on a total whim for a class about wrongful convictions that was taught by a professor named Steve Drizzen. Uh, turns out Brendan Gatsby had been convicted about four months earlier in Wisconsin and Steve, who was an expert on false confessions, had just agreed to take Brendan's case on appeal. And I happened to be the nearest law student, I guess, that he had something to help him on the case. So, you know, I, I went back to my house. I had read his interrogation videos. He assigned me to watch them. These same videos that ended up in making a murderer. And I sat down on my couch, not knowing anything about the criminal justice system, and watched those videos. And my heart broke. I had the same reaction the world had 10 years later when they saw them, right? I could not walk away from Brendan. It, it changed my life. That's when I knew I wanted to be a wrongful conviction attorney. And that's uh, exactly what I've spent the last 13 years doing, fighting for Brendan and others just like him. Your podcast, Wrongful Conviction, False Confession, started season two, examining convictions of people due to their words. How easy is it to get tripped up and say something wrong in an interrogation? Well, you know, what's interesting is when you hear these stories over and over, you start to notice patterns. And the patterns have to do with the psychological interrogation techniques that police use and, in fact, are, are taught to use. Uh, inside the interrogation room across the country. It's those techniques that turn the world upside down for the person being interrogated until it suddenly, suddenly starts to make sense that they should confess, even if they're innocent, right? I mean, during these interrogations, you'll hear police officers saying, you're caught, you're trapped, you're cornered, nobody's going to believe you're innocent. I have all kinds of evidence that proves you're guilty, even if that's a lie, right? Officers are allowed to lie about the evidence against you. But they can say, you know, we found your DNA at the scene, your fingerprints on the gun. No one's going to believe you're innocent. And then when you're feeling trapped and hopeless, what am I going to do? Everybody's going to believe I'm guilty, right? Officers are trained to offer an out. Look, you'll get the death penalty if you don't confess, or maybe life in prison. But if you do, it will help you, right? Things will be better. People will see that you've cooperated. And these techniques, they play out over the course of hours. They're very, very potent. Techniques, they're very good at getting true confessions. They're so powerful that they can also get false confessions from innocent people. This year on Wrongful Conviction, you're tackling the Norfolk Four. When I heard this episode, I was amazed they went after Sailor, got him to confess, DNA cleared him. Went after another Sailor, DNA cleared him, and so on. How often does this happen? You know, we know of hundreds of cases like that, and it's just the tip of the iceberg. In fact, false confessions are the the leading cause of wrongful convictions in homicide cases, just like the Norfolk Four. It happens way more often than you think, and it happens to, you know, people from all walks of life, right? It happens to kids, yes. It happens to people with intellectual disabilities, yes. But it also happens to guys like these, these four sailors, honorable men who enlisted in the U.S. Navy to fight for their country, end up fighting for their own freedom after they're made to confess to murdering their fellow sailors' wife. I mean, honorable guys whose reputations were dragged through the mud based on these false confessions. They end up serving years and years 
in prison until the DNA finally hits a serial rapist who's targeting women around the building that the victim lived in. One of the things that confused me is how many minors that get caught in false confessions. I always thought that a minor would need a parent or someone there looking after their interests. Yeah, this is something that not a lot of people know. We all assume, look, you know, I'm a mom. I've got two boys. I, before law school, I assumed that if my kids were interrogated at school, that I would know about it, that I'd have a chance to be there before it happened. But that's not the case. Only 13 states in the United States require police to even try to notify a parent before questioning a child. So in most states, you know, the authorities can show up at your kid's school without telling you, question your child at school, and get a confession before you even know anything is happening. That's something we're working on changing because that is a real risk factor for false confession and wrongful conviction, right? A kid is scared. The cops show up at school to say whatever these these authority figures want to hear, and before you know it, um, you know, your life can take a really, really horrible turn. Junk science, fingerprints, misapplied evidence, cases you won't believe until you hear it on Wrongful Conviction. Where can people find your podcast, Laura? Sure. People can listen to Wrongful Conviction and False Confessions on Apple Podcasts. The first episode dropped yesterday, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Laura Nyrider. I want to ask you a million-dollar question. You might not have the answer, but I need to know. What is justice for you? Well, it's hard to define, but a big part, part of justice is truth. And that's what I'm here for and the people who do this work. That's what we're here for, right? you got to start with having those guilty people behind bars and the innocent people out with their families where they belong. you got to start with an open mind. you got to start with a willingness to change your mind if the evidence takes you somewhere you didn't expect and they got to be committed from day one to truth. And that's what I hope I am. And that's why we're telling this podcast, why we made this podcast. Now, have you found the next generation of you, that student who's been so inspired that they want to be the future for justice? Well, I hope I will get a chance to do that. But that's exactly right. You know, in addition to being a lawyer and, and making this podcast, I also teach at Northwestern University Law School. I teach the same class on wrongful convictions that, that once changed my life and turned me on to this problem. So I'm honored to work with the next generation of lawyers every day who are just as inspired by our clients and their stories as I was back in the day. Her podcast, Wrongful Conviction, False Confessions, is out now. We thank Laura Nyrider for talking with us today. Thank you so much. My pleasure. And that, my friends, is a Beyond the Mic shortcut.